Join me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today, giving you all the updates from around the world. After scouring these many boxing websites, I found you some uh, pretty good quotes and news. Bit of chatter, mostly chatter, regarding the, the Canelo Cinco de Mayo fight and his split with PBC and potential new deal with Matchroom still up in the air. But boy, oh boy, is that making headlines. Nonetheless, um, then we've got the Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia shouting match at their press conference, most notably uh, featuring Bill Haney, Devin Haney's father. And uh, we're going to move on to uh, a few of the heavyweights and what they have to say about their upcoming battles as well. And uh, close off with a fellow we haven't spoken about in quite a while, uh, Chocolatito, who's looking to move over to Japan for some fights. So let's start off with uh, the good old Canelo situation here. Let's have a quick look where we are. Yep. Okay, so as I said, uh, Canelo was split with PBC, and he might be able to head over to Matchroom, reuniting himself with Eddie Hearn if he wants to, uh, providing that uh, the money from DAZN is on the table. Um, you know, what I don't understand about all this is it seems like uh, when he was with PBC, uh, they were offering uh, Benavides, or maybe they weren't, I'm not sure, but wouldn't it make sense to you, seeing they were both at that time PBC uh, fighters, Canelo and, and Benavides. Benavides is sporting a 28-0 record, by the way, 24 knockouts. Uh, but now is he looking to, to jump ship? And uh, whether or not uh, remains to be seen. But let's move along to uh, Canelo Alvarez himself, who uh, the fans over on uh, social media, wherever they may be, whatever it is their favorite social media platform, seem to have uh, called Canelo Alvarez a duck. And this is making the rounds, and it's becoming quite popular. Uh, he, you know, he, he he jumped ship from PBC because they could not make Jamal Charlo a fight uh, after he clobbered uh, Jamel Charlo uh, last year, as you'll recall. Um, and PBC then wanted to include David Benavidez in that deal. Remember, they signed Canelo for 105 million, so it's a pretty decent contract for three fights. Uh, but Canelo's pulled out after having just one fight against Jermel Charlo. And uh, so now social media fans are literally booing the man. Uh, comments include, I've seen, why are you scared of Benavidez? Uh, you're not you're not the face of boxing. You continue to duck Benavidez. You say you're the king of boxing, retire and stop fighting bums. Uh, Canelo fight David Benavidez next in May, 2024. Stop ducking. Give us the boxing world the fight we want to see or vacate the WBC title at 168. I am unfollowing you. I was a huge fan of you. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Benavidez, but the fact you ducked Golovkin too long and fought him five years later when you're supposed to be uh, fighting him earlier. Now Benavidez is contender for five years and you're giving a chance to Munguia or Berlanga. Are you a joke? Just give the young fighters a chance, just like how Floyd gave you. Wow. So some some decent words. Uh, do you remember uh, last year, maybe the year before, I've been doing several hundred of these shows now, and, and I was talking with uh, Christian Von Sponach over in Great Britain, mainly talking about the heavyweights. But he certainly did not like uh, Canelo Alvarez and the way Canelo Alvarez had basically padded his, his record. And now we're at the point where, quite frankly, he's at that age where even the fans are turning against him for not giving them the fight they want to see. But it gets a bit juicier because promoter Eddie Hearn blasted P 
PBC for their focus on self-interest, creating roadblocks for a fight between Canel Alvarez and the PBC managed fighter, David Benavides. Um, Hearn said a PBC isn't willing to allow their fighters to compete on other networks and it must always be on PBC. They won't let their fighters achieve greatness against another fighter if it's not on their network. He said, because PBC don't want to work with anyone, now they're fucked. If I work out, uh, if I work out with Benavidez, what does PBC do? We're only going to make that fight on PBC. Not, we'll give Benavidez the opportunity, and this is what people don't understand. Said Eddie Hearn. Um, he didn't say what he meant by saying that PBC is fucked, but it could indicate that he seems to be seeing them as a sinking ship about to go under. And that's what promoters recall what I said yesterday. Oscar De La Hoya said is happening with PBC right now. And fighters jumping ship left and right. Um, said Hearn, they're not willing to let their guys uh, go on another platform, take a chance to achieve greatness. It all has to happen with them only. What we do is sign who we want to sign. People of commercial value, not just guys because they have a good name. So for Benavides, it's disappointing he's uh, failed to get the fights he's wanted against the likes of Canelo during his career. He, Benavides is now 27 and appears to be outgrowing the 168-pound division, heading to 175, which is a division that has only two notable fighters. Um, said Hearn, PBC has a lot of money from doing fights with these fighters, so price has to be right and business has to be right. If we do manage to do a deal with Canelo, we can do Munguia, we can do Berlanga, or if Benavides wants to come play, let him. When Benavides does do a deal, they only want that uh, they'll allow you to fight one of their fighters if you align yourself with PBC. What I wouldn't do with Benavides is you can fight Canelo Alvarez, but you gotta sign a five-fight deal on the zone. <laughs> I just want to see a great fight, said Eddie Hearn, and so do we. So let's see what happens on that front. Now, the interesting thing about all this, and I did mention this the other day as well, uh, has this opened the door for Terence Crawford? Terence Crawford, as you know, uh, used to be with Bob Arum for a while, then he uh, left Bob Arum uh, and joined uh, PBC and uh, fought uh, Earl Spence, which he won. And there's going to be a rematch, but that didn't happen. So now he's a free agent. So we that'd be a great fight, quite frankly. Terrence Crawford against Canelo Alvarez, uh, great for boxing fans around the world. Um, so according to Mike Coppinger over at ESPN, he said, uh, so he said, Terrence Crawford is reportedly now a free agent. As Clint Crawford signed a one-fight deal with Dan Heyman, PBC for Earl Spence, and the scheduling window for the rematch has now expired, meaning he's a promotional broadcaster free agent. So, um, you know, that's just another option on the table. I just wanted to throw in there. Uh, boxing fans might want to argue about it all day long, but at the end of the day, I'll tell you what they are arguing, and that is who's going to win, Devin Haney or Ryan Garcia. Uh, this was uh, a press conference that was held the other day in anticipation of their big fight coming up in April. Uh, WBC light welterweight champ Devin Haney predicts that Ryan Garcia will retire on April 20th or soon after their fight. Haney, who's 31 and 0, 15 knockouts, says Ryan, 24 and 1, 20 knockouts, is in the sport for money. And he's already made a lot in his eight year career. He said that 25 year old Ryan's net worth of $20 million, but it could be considerably more. He says he wants to. He says he wants to accumulate a fortune of a hundred million. In that case, he'd be in the, in the bracket of uh, Tyson Fury a few years ago. And for him to make that kind of money, he'll need to continue fighting a long after his April twentieth fight against Haney. 
So win or lose, Ryan is expected to keep fighting and be involved in big fights against top-level fighters at 140. If Ryan fights Teofimo Lopez, for example, rematches Javante Davis, or faces Shakur Stevenson, he could see his net worth rise up to $100 million because those would be massive fights thanks to King Ray's large social media following, which is in the range of 10 million followers. So he is worthy on that level alone. Now, speaking of worthy, I got to say, this happens to be one of the best uh, paragraphs in boxing I've read in a while, written by Amy Kaplan, published on Boxing247.com. Okay, check out this opening paragraph. Bill Haney's mouth runs faster than a high-speed train, and it seems like no one, not even the legendary Bernard Hopkins, is safe from his verbal onslaught. Assuming the role of a protective papa bear, Bill decided it was showtime at Haney versus Garcia press conference. And who better to engage in a verbal skirmish uh, than the boxing legend Bernard Hopkins? It's akin to watching your uncle argue with the TV during a football game, except in this scenario, the TV has a voice and talks back. Papa Haney turned his turned the presser into his own personal battleground, throwing verbal punches at Hopkins as if the Hall of Famer had personally insulted his mother's lasagna. It's all fun and games until someone's ego gets hurt, right? Anyway, check it out. It's on YouTube. Google it. Whatever. Anyway, more importantly, Bill Haney says his son is focused entirely on Ryan Garcia's left hook and not a social media presence for their fight, as I said, taking place on a DAZN April 20th. Bill states that Ryan 24-1 is a fighter impersonating a social media star to use that as a ploy to create interest in his boxing career. That is to say, Ryan's popularity results from his social media presence. Right now, the pitcher, right now, the pitcher is Ryan Garcia and that left hook he's got. That's what he's got on the plate right now. We're focused on that, said Bill Haney. We know he's a boxer impersonating as a TikTok star. You don't have that much amateur background and boxing in you to be saying you're a TikTok star. He's trying to fool us with that smile and all that bullshit, but he's a fighter. What uh, Ryan has done is admiral, uh, uh, creating an interest in his boxing career as an influencer. With those 10 million Instagram followers, it's given his career uh, as a fighter a big boost, making a bigger name than Haney, who captured world titles in two weight classes albeit against flawed champions George Combosas Jr. and Regis Progress. He's a fighter posing as a TikTok star. Haney continued to draw attention to his boxing, and we plan on April 20th to put an end to all that bullshit. He does have another weapon uh, that he won't be able to use, said Haney, and that's Henry Garcia and Mrs. Garcia, said Bill. They used to be coaches. They were everything. They were referees. They were parking lot attendants. They were everything. Now, I think... Now, when you're lost out of ability with all that control, the reality is sinking in, said Bill. <laughs> wow. Aiming at Ryan's family appears to be a subtle strategy to Bill to try to unsettle Ryan, uh, getting him agitating and make him fight like a wild man on April 20th. So will that work? We'll have to wait and see. But that is going to be one heck of a fight. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to happen in April. Now, what did Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney say at their actual press conference? So let's have a quick look here. As reported on fightnews.com, Ryan Garcia said, when I first came into the game, I just wanted to make a bunch of money, and I did that. But now I want to go for the legacy. I want to go for the belts, and Devin's in the way. I'm on my vengeance arc. I'm ready to get back in blood and everything, so I'm coming straight for his neck. I promise you I'm coming straight for you. It's going to be ugly. That's what Ryan Garcia said. Devin Haney said, 
the zone. They put the bounty up on April 20th. I'm capturing the bounty and we're coming home with the victory, inshallah. He don't have the skills. He don't have the IQ. He don't have the heart. We've seen him quit. We've seen him take a knee. And on April 20th, it won't be no different. When he gets hot, when it gets hot, you quit. <laughs> That's what he had to say about Ryan Garcia. So it's going to be a heck of a battle on April 20th. Speaking of battles, uh, we're looking forward to the upcoming match uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, at the Coliseo de Puerto Rico. It's going to be packed with boxing fans, uh, and they're, they're going to be there to see Amanda Serrano. Uh, she's set uh, for a 12-round fight, defending her IBF, WBO, and WBA featherweight women's titles against Nina Menke from Germany. Uh, of course, Jake Paul is going to be fighting against Ryan Borland, and uh, that's going to be an eight-round cruiserweight bout. That's sure to draw eyes as well, without a doubt. Uh, but also give a bit of attention to some some guys on the opening card here. Have a look here. Javon Walton steps into the ring for a four-round featherweight bout when their opponent's still under wraps. Wow, and that's not too far away, so that's kind of curious. And for fans of the lighter divisions, Jonathan Gonzalez will put his WBO junior flyweight title on the line against Randy Santiago in a 12-round duel. Crystal Rosado and Gloria Munguia will also face off in a four-round junior bantamweight fight Rounding off an action-packed event. So good stuff coming out of Puerto Rico, and let's see what Amanda Serrano can do. All right. Speaking of ducking, this popped up on my screen today. Screams the headline out of SkySports.com. Anthony Joshua, I don't duck a challenge. I've signed to fight Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder before. Anthony Joshua will fight. Mixed martial arts start for Francis Nagano on Friday, March 8th. Okay, it's going to be live on Sky Sports. Although bouts with Tyson Fury and Deontay Walter ultimately fell through, Joshua points out that he previously agreed to those fights saying, I don't duck. Let's leave it there. Speaking of other heavyweights making headlines, According to BoxingScene.com, great little uh, writer here, uh, John Evans, he says, uh, type, uh, type Cash Alley's name in a Google search engine, and you don't have to scroll too far down to find details of the most high-profile moment of his life. Click on the Images tab and photographs of his disqualification loss for biting David Price. Fill the screen. The personal Alley, 21 and 2, 12 knockouts, is a decent, honest heavyweight, but that one night of madness overshadows his entire career. Five years on from that wild evening in Liverpool, Ali has been handed an ideal chance to change public perception. The 32-year-old will fight Joe Joyce in Birmingham on March 16th, and he is determined to end the comeback of the juggernaut before it has begun. That's exactly what I plan to do and intend to do, Ali told Queensbury. People are writing me off. But I'm not too concerned about that. The pressure is on him. I'm the underdog. Well, that's what most people think anyway. But I think he's had his fair share of good big wins. He's had his big payday, so he can probably put his feet up and relax. I think it's the end of him and something brilliant at the start of my career, really. Even though I've been a pro a long time, I think this is a new start for me. If Ali is best known for that amount of indiscretion his price, Joyce, 15 and 2, 14 knockouts, by the way, had been renowned for his resilience and cast iron chin until running into Xilai Zhang. For years, Joyce plowed through the opposition. He would break an opponent's heart 
by absorbing their best shots and continuing his relentless march forward, then break their body down with his thudding shots. It was high contact, high risk style of fighting that the Olympic civil, silver medalist adopted throughout his successful amateur career and continued to use a professional. It accounted for a quality of operators like uh, Daniel Dubois and Joseph Parker, but it always leave joints susceptible to the division's elite. Finally, Zhang's sharp southpaw skills proved too much for him. As we all know, last April, Zhang closed Joyce's eye and forced a six-round stop to take Joyce's WBO, WBO interim title. In a September rematch, Zhang was clinical, knocking out the Lunder inside three one-sided rounds. So, Cash Ali, Joe Joyce, who you got? Speaking of heavyweights, Effie Ajagba. We were once speaking about him quite a lot. And this is what uh, Patrick uh, Sternberg, a freelancer for SB Nation, has to say. Uh, Ajagba will once again serve as a co-feature for a Jared Anderson main event, uh, as Mike Coppinger reports on ESPN. And he'll get uh, Guido uh, Vianello ahead of Anderson's April 13th clash with Riyad Merhi. Ajagba, sporting a 19-1 record, by the way, three-fight, three-win, 2023, saw him grit out an ugly win over Stephen Shaw, uh, get galited uh, by Jean Gosibuski, and then beat down Joe Goodall in his first main event. He bounced back nicely from his 2021 loss to Frank Sanchez, and is probably ahead of Sanchez in the heavyweight pitcher at this point. Not a world beater, but a solid pro who's continuing to improve. Not sure the same can be said of the fellow Olympian, Vianello, 12-1-1, 10 knockouts, though he's 2-0 since suffering a cut stoppage to Jonathan Rice back in uh, January 2023, beating designated victims Curtis Harper and Moses Johnson. He's well behind fellow 29-year-old Ajagba in terms of development. Whoever wins should be ready to start a serious contender run. So we'll see who gets to capitalize in the post-Fury Usyk world. Won't we? All right, uh, Sternberg uh, also has this to say with respect to Chocolatito. We haven't spoken about Roman Gonzalez in quite some time. Uh, after spending 2023 on the sidelines, though, he has some grand ambitions for this year. Um, Levi Luna, the most reliable source in Nicaraguan boxing, reports that the 36-year-old will soon be uh, on a comeback uh, trail, uh, leaving his native Managua, capital city of uh, Nicaragua, challenging for bantamweight belt uh, ooh, on a Japanese show. So we've been reporting quite a bit on uh, fighting in Japan. And uh, now Gonzalez, who's sporting a 51-4 record, by the way, 41 knockouts, but he hasn't, he hasn't fought since narrowly falling to uh, Juan Estrada in a terrific rubber match two Decembers ago. Uh, no stranger to move up in weight and pursue greater glory. He previously claimed titles at 105, 108, 112 before a 2016 super flyweight debut. Some uh, hand uh, Carlos Quadras his first defeat. And so now the land of the rising sun isn't uncharted territory either. He's fought there nine times before, including 2013, 2014 run that saw Japanese, uh, saw Japanese host four of his five bouts. Wow. So I'm, I am definitely curious. Uh, it looks to me like the other, uh, he might be in there to fight uh, Takuma anyway. Uh, that'd be interesting. because so he was just recently in the news as a victor, uh, beating uh, the Filipino, Jerwen Ancanjas. And the other is the newly crowned WBO champion, Jung 
Junto and Nakatini, who I mentioned the other day uh, and spoke quite highly of as someone to watch, someone climbing the ranks quite quickly in that division. Uh, but as a fan of Gonzalez's continuing health, you gotta you gotta wonder uh, where he's gonna go uh, next. For all three of them, actually, uh, Tukin Inui, uh, Junto uh, Nakatini, and Chocolatino. Interesting, interesting. I love it. Good. Anyway, you gotta you gotta you gotta you know it's one thing to say all this stuff and hear all this stuff that I do on a day to day basis. You report the news, what it is, what it is, okay, and then you report what these people are saying about what it might be. So you know you, you've all got to draw that line and sign some line that sign some line in the sand somewhere. I'll get it out eventually. Uh, but there you go. All the news fit to print. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you once again on Talk and Fight, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, for more news in the boxing world. Thanks for joining me today.